Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and welcome back for another brand new episode with a guest that I've wanted to have on the show for ages. And I think one of like Ireland's great TV presenters and reality stars and just like, you know, TV and radio personalities who I love. Brian Dowling Gurion is here with us this week to get into, of course, all the shows that he watches. He's a big fan of a lot of key cities in the housewives world, including uh, Atlanta, New York, Beverly Hills. He's been getting into Potomac. But also, of course, Brian hosts Real Housewives reunions. And when you think about it, there's not that many people between Andy Cohn and the handful of kind of people who've hosted for the international franchises. Uh, There's not that many people who are hosting Real Housewives reunions. So it was so fun to pick Brian's brain about what it's like to shoot a reunion, what goes into it, has he spoken to Andy Cohen? And we also got into some interesting chat about possible Irish names that maybe are in the mix should an, an Irish Real Housewives show happen, an official Irish Real Housewives show happen. So there's plenty to enjoy in this chat. I think if you've ever seen Brian on anything, you know that he's an amazing talker. And when it comes to Housewives, he was a brilliant talker as always. So without any further ado, here is Brian Delingurion on Housewives and Me. My guest today is an Irish broadcaster and reality TV royalty who's been a part of shows like Big Brother and The Real Housewives of Cheshire, which believe me, we will get into today. And right now he's part of two amazing Irish podcasts, his show Death Becomes Him. And he's also part of the official Dancing with the Stars podcast, which you can get every week wherever you get your podcasts. Brian Delingurion, welcome to Housewives of Me. Can I just say I'm so chuffed. I'm on the show because, as you know, I'm obsessed <laughs> with Housewives and I work on Housewives, the British franchise. But I, in, yeah. in Ireland, people introduce you as a broadcaster. I'm still getting used to that. So, <laughs> you don't like that? No, I do, but it, I think it has a certain gravitas, doesn't it? Yeah. Broadcaster. It does, but you know what you've had? I mean, not to... I don't want to sound like I'm kissing your arse at the start of the interview, kiss but it, I am. Because <laughs> you have had a really amazing career. So I think you more than earned the title of broadcaster. Listen, I have done enough shit over the years. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Some stuff you do because it's great opportunity. Some stuff I do because the money is so good. Mm-hmm. And then other stuff you just do just to get your name on the list to do something else. So this is a real mixed bag. But I've done so. Yeah, I've been lucky. I mean, Connor, a lot of it's luck. You know, I, I do believe in luck, right time, being in the right place. Mm. I'm just still lucky that I can still get a chance to work. I'm just thankful that I still work. Well, you work and you work it and you're a broadcaster, so you can Thank own you. that title now. Thank you. <laughs> well, we're here today, obviously, to talk about all things Housewives. We will, of course, get into reunions in Cheshire in a moment, but I'm just so curious, the shows in general, how did you get into Real Housewives? I was watching television when we lived in London, a few years ago, and I think it was on ITV2 daytime, and they were mm-hmm. showing the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I remember oh, wow. Nini, the housewife, and I remember thinking, she is just fabulous. She is just amazing. And I remember Kim and Candy was was on that season. And then, she, you know, yeah. you go and check me, boo. Sheree, you know, I'm going back old school. And yeah. I was just... To me, it was kind of the next level of reality television because I've been on reality TV at the time. I'd worked on reality TV shows, but to see how the Americans had done reality TV, I love strong women. So for me, I was just like, it reminded me of Alexis and Crystal in Dynasty back in the day. Yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. glamour and these bold personalities. And I just thought, oh my God, I'm obsessed. And then it was New York I got into after that. And then it was Beverly Hills. And what I quite liked was each franchise 
is so, so different. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. They all have their own unique stamp, even though they all are, as you say, very soapy and they sort of remind us of of a different era of TV in a way. Yes, and it's real life. Like this isn't Mm. pretend. People always say to me, oh, how real are the reality shows? They are so real. But these also, for me, had glamour. They had money. They had bitchiness at a level (laughs) that you don't really get on British or Irish television. It was so catty that you just, I just got so engrossed. It was almost like it was a soap opera, but it's real life. That's such a good way of putting it. You mentioned glamour there. I want to start by asking you about what I think in a way is maybe the most glamorous housewife show, particularly in the US, Beverly Hills. Yes. What do you love about that one? Who are the women who stand out for you? Are there any fashion faves for you on Beverly Hills? I mean, Kyle, you know, Kyle for me, you know, it's Kim. I was obsessed when they were on it together. Now their sister is on it. You know, I say bring Denise back. I was obsessed with Denise Richards on that show. I think, A, she's beautiful. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Iconic, (laughs) iconic. Uh, Camille, crazy bitch, loved her on it. Thought she was fabulous. Do you remember that that scene with the psychic lady smoking the cigarette? How could I forget Alison Dubois when she goes, she will never emotionally fulfill you. You yes. know that about Kyle's husband. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, Kyle's husband is so sexy, by the way. Uh, Dorit, you know, Garcelle, uh, Lisa Vanderpump, one of the OGs. I mean, Lisa's glamour and everything about Lisa to me was so soap opera, you know, Days of Our Lives. It's so, you know, Lisa mm-hmm. Rinna, who sometimes I really like Lisa Rinna and then other times I don't. I miss Yolande. I thought she was a fabulous housewife. I know she left for her health, but I say I bring her back. I kind of yeah. like the old school I miss Brandy's, but the old school castmates, you know, the OGs. That's I'm all about the OGs at a point where it was just so iconic. And would you want Lisa Vanderpump to return or do you think there's too much bad blood with the other women? See, I always think there'd be too much. I, I just don't see how that mm. would work with everyone. Plus, she never turned up to the reunion. And I think yeah. you need to bow out gracefully and you need to bow out, you know, with your head held high. And I think it was a perfect example for Lisa to kind of come back set the tone and leave on our own terms. And I just kind of, I expected more from her. And it was like, that's like when your parents say to you, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. (laughs) And that scene with Lisa and Kyle fighting in the house, like up and down the stairs and Lisa's husband getting involved and then her running out. So, I mean, mean, this show is the campus show on television, right? It is. And I kind of feel like Beverly Hills is particularly camp. I think it's just because the setting and the slight soft focus vibe, like they are kind of in another world. It's like Vaseline on the lens. Yes. It's almost (laughs) sexy and romantic, but yet still camp and catty and bitchy. And I love when they, with with that scene uh, with the fight, they kind of did a a preview of what happened. Then they take us back, you know, six months. That was so dramatic. So dramatic. I know. And it's like they know they have a big moment coming, so they really want you to be like gripping the sides of your sofa waiting for it to happen. Before we get off Beverly Hills, I have to ask, what do you make of Erica Jane? I knew that was going to happen. (laughs) All I have to say is it's expensive to be me. Um, Okay, that, I mean, I I think that all of that crossed a line purely because of when you, you know, I I think I watched The Hustler and The Housewife or that show that someone. Yes, yes. And I thought it affected so many people and children and bereft families. And for me, it was quite uncomfortable to kind of watch her on the season and for her to feel like she's been hard done by and for her to feel like she's been victimized. When you go, 
money was taken from families, from, you know, from people that it was their money and they deserved them. That I just thought it it just kind of bloodied the water for me. What did you think about it all? That's a good way of putting it, like, because she really bought into her own victimhood. Mm. And even when she went to the reunion and she, to her credit, she sat there and she was grilled about okay. it all. But there's a defensiveness to her about it that I don't like, obviously, look, we, none of us are in that position she's in, which is so particular. But at times I thought, where is the like kind of just willingness to admit that people have been hard done by, even if you haven't really, even if you feel that you have no connection. to I it, just know, think bit- she should have given her fee for that season the next season, sell what you have to mm. sell, give those people back their money. Yeah. And I think people would have stood up, applauded her and said, yes, this is what we want from you. This is how we want you to treat those people because money was stolen from them. You know, Tom stole, allegedly, all that <laughs> money. But I thought on the reunion, it took balls of steel for her to sit there right beside Andy Cohn. Because like, you're, you're in close contact with the host when you sit that close. And she yeah. did not dodge. She didn't play the fifth at all. It was almost like, next question, because I'm going to check you all and answer all of them. But yeah. I just do think we should have seen more vulnerability. What about the victims? What about their families? I agree. And I also, I'm curious because we know that they've, kind of, I think they've just wrapped filming the next season. So hopefully we'll see it in the next few months. But like, we, they started filming this new season almost immediately after that reunion where Erica got grilled. So now I'm like, I want to see how the women hang out with her and interact with her now that they know everything. Because we watched a season of, well, we're not sure. Yeah. Oh my God, she's getting a divorce. Whereas now it's like, okay, you know all this. You've seen her sat, sat there and get grilled and you've seen her be quite mean to some of your castmates. Yes. How do you hang out with this woman now? Like, that's what I'm interested and in. And it's like, why are you, Erica, so angry? Why are you feeling so hard done by? Like, stop. Che- like her management, her team, her assistant need to sit her down and go, mm. no, no, no. When you come back for yeah. the next season, be less frosty, you know, just mm. be more vulnerable and approachable. Because also the knock on effect on a show like this is it can affect other people's businesses just by association. And I think some yeah. of the girls were quite honest about that. And I think they done the right thing. Yeah. And Eric was like, oh, your reputation. I'm like, yes, because they're standing beside you on a poster for a TV show. So people will have questions. Yeah. I mean, and the car flipped in the snow. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> it's just, that's almost as iconic as don't talk about the husband. Do you want to talk yeah. about the husband? <laughs> it's iconic. I've got a lot going on right now. <laughs> Tom's car was crashed into. If you were ever late for a job, you could just recite that monologue. Yes. Brian, we need you on set. You're like, I've got a lot going on right it's now. It's snowing in the middle of July. <laughs> in Ireland what the fuck <laughs> I, I want to ask you about reunions in a minute but just we're talking about Erica and the reunion and you mentioned there that when you're that close to the host like you're in very close proximity yeah. if you were in the Beverly Hills chair and you had to grill Erica in that situation how do you think that would have been like what would that have been like because it did seem like a big task See, to take her on I think Andy He's the executive producer. He is so involved in that. You know, he casts. Mm-hmm. He can make or break a housewife, really, because, it, you know, it's his show. So I think he has mm-hmm. the gravitas to ask those questions because he's practically signing their checks. That's how involved he is. Okay. But also, I think the nation, the country, the world 
was watching that reunion. We, he needed to ask those questions. Even if he was thinking, oh shit, this won't land well. He just had to do it for the greater good because someone needed to hold her accountable. And that person was Andy Cohen. I think he did a really good job. And um, let's talk about New York because you were actually just in New York recently during a blizzard, no less. Yes. I don't know how you even made it back. It was minus 13 on one day. <laughs> and myself, my friend Simon were out and I, I think the snow came to our knee at one point and we were <laughs> oh like God. yeah this is not as glamorous as it looks on instagram like when you see people playing in the snow it looks so it's so cute it was fucking freezing and our flights were cancelled we were there for an extra day it was cold but it's nyc so it's still fabulous okay so you've made it back from new york in one piece just yes, about but you're a big fan you're a big fan of housewives in new york so what is it about that show that you love and, and like what's who are some of the women on that show that you kind of gravitate towards? I think New York could be the cray cray crayest season franchise there is out there. And I think Ramona is just an original. I just don't think she gets it. And I think the older she gets, it's like she just becomes more unaware. And I think New mm. York gives us those open mouthed moments where you go did she just shit on the floor? Did that actually just happen? They just beat themselves. <laughs> like, you know, Sonia, Sonia, however you pronounce it, Luan, Ramona, Bethany, Dorinda, Tinsley, Jill, Alex, Kelly, Ben Simone. I mean, oh, crazy. Yeah. Remember the island and they were away on holiday and Bethany Frankel <laughs> and then Carl and Bethany were best friends and now they're not best friends. Ebony, I, I mean, okay, recently on the last season, I felt really bad for Ebony because I just kind of mm. thought, I think people are saying, oh, the season failing lands on her shoulders. Of course it doesn't. She's just one person that's part of that whole big yeah. show. I really felt for her. You know, especially as they've never had anyone of color on the New York franchise before. And I thought, yes, yeah. you know, it has to be diverse. You know, this is New York is like, and this is how people see it. So I really, I yeah. mean, I've seen Andy do an interview recently, and they're even saying that NYC may not be coming back for a while. They may be pausing it. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to take a significant break to figure out the casting. And also, I suppose, to get a clear run at filming, because as you mentioned there, people were so hard on Ebony, yeah. obviously undeservedly so, but they filmed in a really bad time for COVID where there was almost nothing they could actually do safely. Whereas now at least whenever they go back, they could have a full run. Because you forget in New York, they're in restaurants and bars and bopping around way more than, like on Beverly Hills, you get away with being in someone's back garden yeah. because their houses are huge. Yeah. In New York, they need to be able to like run around the city Un, unimpeded totally and i think that's what new york is sexy and i remember mm. i watched them and i take down the note of a restaurant and bar and then i try and go there yes i think yes. i think i've seen someone in tau i actually met nini in tau in downtown <gasps> new york a few years ago i i didn't speak to her i was there with a friend of mine and she was on the other table and my friend had no idea about nini and the real housewives and i was just this before i started working on the show i was like oh my God. And she had that kind of short crop. I think she was doing yes. Cinderella at the time oh, on, yes, Broadway. on Broadway. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just looked so beautiful. She's so iconic. But yeah, I mean, I can't wait for New York to come back. I mean, I think Luann is incredible. I think she looks phenomenal. Ramona. I miss Bethany. Dorinda. Dorinda had a really bad season you know, before she that time out. I just don't think she was in a very good place. And, like, and I've gone on reality shows myself where emotionally... And mentally, I've not been at my best. And mm. it just never, never goes well. It just doesn't. I felt for Dorinda, because I think 
at the core, which is a really, really nice lady. I think she's a nice person. And I think she brings so much to it. But I just really fell for her in her last season. It, it wasn't her finest hour. You mentioned there that you've gone on shows, like you've been on reality TV yourself. And like, there's been times where maybe you were like, oh, I'm not in the best yeah. headspace for this. As someone who's been through that mill yourself, when you watch Housewives, does your brain kind of go, well, actually now I'd say the producers made them do that. Like, are you watching it with that kind of a I lens? I do sometimes if you see something and you kind of go, or if someone wants to sit down and have a conversation with someone and tell them something, or, you know, I've heard a rumor, you know, that's, I would yeah. say, producers saying do it on camera or, you know, why don't you? Because at the end of the day, it's what we've said. It's almost like watching a soap opera, but it needs mm. to be produced as a reality show. But also you need threads of storylines that have to arc with a start, a middle, and then an explosive end. And then you've got to resolve it all. So it, it yeah. almost is like a soap opera. It, need, it needs the, all that time and that air. And I think on some of them, they're not allowed talk or text during filming. Anything they do has to be on camera, as far as I'm aware, because they can't, wow. because then I think what happens is situations can happen and you obviously don't capture it on camera. So I think a lot of yeah. it has to all be done on camera. And as a viewer, if I'm invested in the show, I want it all on camera. I don't want to be missing it. I agree. And there's been housewife shows where, like, actually in Beverly Hills, they love to be like, well, this happened when we the cameras went down. I'm like, well, then it shouldn't have happened at all. Yes. Like, someone sh like, you know, some shows they film iPhone footage. I'm like, good, because at least we have something to prove that that thing actually happened. And I like the way you can see the cameras in the background sometimes when you're on the seasons, and especially in Atlantic, yeah. there's a fight or a drama, and you see the boom operate with the big mic in his hand, and you see the headset. I love when that fourth <laughs> wall comes crashing down, or when they talk about well, this was in the paper, this was on page six, this was on the news. I I like that because they are celebrities and I think the fact that they acknowledge that they're on television and that they have public profiles I like that I agree and I think at this point trying to like you don't want it to be the sole focus of the show but I think trying to pretend they're not famous is becoming weirder weirder Absolutely. so I, I would agree I think they need yeah. to embrace it for sure. And that, that's, I think, why the Girls Trip spinoff works so well, because I fully just said, we're all famous. We're all on reality TV. It is what it is. Totally. You mentioned uh, you saw Nini yes. in, in real life, which I'm very jealous of. But let's talk about Housewives of Atlanta, because that was kind of your gateway drug into Housewives. So what is it about that show that stands out to you? And, and who were the women on that show that you kind of gravitate towards? Well, I think Kim, Sheree and Nini were just so iconic. And I really do believe pulling on the wig outside with Lindsay Lohan's father, <laughs> you know, get a job, Lindsay Lohan's dad. And it's and Sheree's like pulling the wig. And she's like, oh, I didn't pull it. I just gave it like a little tug. That was some tug, Sheree. Sheree with her um, a party planner. You go check me, boo. And they're fighting in the office. Iconic she by Sheree. And then her and Lisa fighting over the label. Oh, and the gays, so many gays on that season. They were all fabulous yeah. in their heels and their clutches. Oh my yeah. God. I just think, and then Candy, who was so iconic and she is a boss, Candy. That yeah. woman is so successful. But Nini, yeah, Sheree, Kim Zosiak. And then they brought Kim back and they didn't kind of work. And she done her own spin-off. Don't be tardy for the party. Oh, like <laughs> iconic. A big daddy. Like I'm going back old school. Phaedra, wow, Phaedra had such a fall from grace with the whole thing that happened, you know, with Portia and Candy and all the rumors. Just they, and I just think because they were women of color, we'd never really seen this before. And I just thought it was just, at the time, groundbreaking, I think, but also just so camp, 
so bitchy, so pulling on the wig outside. Like I just thought was <laughs> phenomenal. Ah, oh, yeah, those early seasons. And you're right, like it was the first Housewives show with a predominantly black cast. Absolutely. And it was for a long time the highest rated. Sh- like I think we kind of forget how obviously there are other shows of black cast on US TV, but that in that space, that show really did break ground. And I'm curious how you feel about the more recent seasons then, because it's still a fun show to watch, but I do feel like they're chasing the magic of the old days sometimes with Atlanta, though I love Kenya. Yeah, like, I mean, I do like Kenya, you know. Um, Eva, I expected more from Eva. I'd seen her on Top Mm -hmm. Model. She's beautiful. Marlo has softened a bit, and I think that's really good, because I think Marlo, you know, was always a friend. You know, now she has a peach. I think she's definitely earned it. Drew... I'm liking Drew. I mean, you got to commend Drew on her first season with her husband, yeah. putting that vulnerability out there, you know, and he went away and no one knew what was going on and the arguments on camera. And then, you know, her mom getting involved. You have to, I mean, they're getting very well paid for it, obviously, but I think it's a lot putting it out there privately. Do you not think so? No, I do think it's a lot. And like, I some of them do get paid well, but like most first season cast members, unless they're coming in very famous mm-hmm. already, they don't make huge money initially, so it is a lot to put out there. And you might not come back for another season. Like, it is a bit of a gamble. Do you remember Kenya? Do you remember Phaedra with the, the, the what was it, the donkey bomb or something? Oh, the, the donkey fish. booty, the workout videos, and the dueling workout videos. you and cease and desist. <laughs> it's, and the husbands and Apollo. And then remember when Phaedra and Apollo broke up and had this really, you know, argument in the garage and it was all on camera. And yeah. It was so odd. But I think Phaedra... What she'd done to Portia and Candy, I thought Phaedra was a fabulous housewife. And I would love to see her come back. I think she's doing the girls trip, isn't she? Yeah, she's but she's meant to be part of this new second season thing of with the kind of former housewives who come back. Yeah. But like Candy Burris has been very like, look, if Phaedra comes back, I walk. And Candy is sort of so central to Atlanta that unless they agree to have some kind of come to Jesus. I don't know if they would. I just love to remember Candy on the reunion with Nini. I'm embedded in your brain, bitch. And she had oh, the yeah. white dress. <laughs> and then Nini's reads were written down on a piece of paper. It was like, no, we see you. And then Nini's excuse was, oh, I'm a little older. You know, I got to read them down. I can read these bitches to film. And the way they call <laughs> each other heifers and bitch and this and that. It's just your, your jaw drops. I love as well, though, with Atlanta, they're so naturally quick-witted and they're not afraid to go there. But there's also kind of camaraderie and a sort of bulletproof vibe to how they'll all brush it off. Whereas on Beverly Hills, if someone said that, that would be six episodes of, I cannot believe. Whereas on Atlanta, like, next, moving on. (laughs) After lunch, they're out for dinner having a great time. But I quite like that, that you have the argument, you then get over it. Because I think they know how it works. And also, viewers would be bored by this. If you're six episodes in and there's still no resolve, move on to the next thing. I think Atlanta, they do it so, so well. I agree. And let's talk about fashion. You're someone who loves fashion, is very stylish yourself. These shows are such a, like the older seasons now feel like a time capsule and the newer ones, they're all so glamorous. Are there any housewives where you just are obsessed with their fashions, maybe, or in a good way or even in a bad way? I think Bethany always gets it right. Mm -hmm. I think that's because she's got skinny girl money. Like she has money, honey. Bethany gets it right. I think Nene... I think Nini looks great. Luan and Ramona can be very hit and miss. Yeah. Can't they? Sheree, <laughs> yes. she by Sheree. I mean, Kim Zosiak. I mean, let's just leave. Actually, it's funny when you look back at old shows or old reunion shows and how they used to dress 
And now when it comes to the reunion, they are bringing out the diamonds, the shoes, the gowns, the hair, the makeup. And each person has a hair person, a makeup person, legs are being sheened. Oh, it's a whole different thing. But I think when you're on television on a, a worldwide franchise, there has to be immense pressure. I think in Beverly Hills, they probably have more access to stuff maybe, like Mm, with labels mm. and stuff. But I think there has to be immense pressure on women because they get judged daily anyway. But on a show like this, I think everyone has an opinion on people's style and fashion. And it's funny you mentioned the old days because like some of the early reunions, it's like jeans and a nice top. Yes. Like the first Atlanta yes. reunion, it's like they're having, it's like they're having coffee beside the studio. Whereas now it's like full Oscars wear carpet and to sit on a couch. They build sets. They build yeah. those sets. You know, we go to, when we shoot, we go to hotels and we just add stuff to it, but they actually build sets. And that tells you the type of money they have yeah. in America. And like their reunions are three, four parts because mm. people are so invested in these shows. Well, let's talk about reunions then because you, of course, host the Real Housewives of Cheshire reunions. I know you've done like kind of specials where you've gone to the cast homes to celebrate like 100 episodes, that kind of thing. In fact, the most recent reunion was the 150th episode, wasn't it? So that was like a landmark. Landmark. Yeah, that's amazing. So how did you get involved in Housewives of Cheshire and what's it like to suddenly go from watching reunions to hosting one because not many other people outside of Andy have hosted Yeah, I mean I'm just so lucky like our contracts with NBC because it's the the same franchise so I'd watched it on television and I had a a meeting at ITV about another thing that I was doing and I said oh you need to start doing reunions for the housewives and they were like oh no we just don't think blah 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 and then they came obviously Cheshire and they were like yes we're thinking of doing a reunion and I went in and met with Princess Productions and Heidi, and they make the show. They make Made in Chelsea. They work on amazing shows. And I think they Mm -hmm. had, there was two other names that I'd heard that were in the mix. And I was like, oh no, I I have to get this. And I went in and they said, what do you like about Housewives? Who's your favorite housewife? And I just went into this whole spiel about NeNe Leakes. Literally, like for like 20 minutes, I didn't take a breath. And (laughs) by the time I got on the tube, and went home, my agent called me and told me I got the job. So clearly wow. it worked. There was two other names that I'm afraid of. I, actually, I might as well say the other names. I heard in the mix to host, the rumor was it was me, Peter Andre and Got Juan oh. at the time. And I, wow, and I thought, listen, yeah. those two are so successful and they work. Give me a job. Like, <laughs> let me have an opportunity. And I, I think Gok would have been great. You know, I, 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 think, I think a gay guy is suited to this better. That's just my view I, on it. Do you agree? I was going to say, like, I, I like Peter Andre on television. I and, and he's got a great relationship with ITV, I understand. But, like, I just, uh, I think the dynamic of, you need that sort of kind of, like, gossipy gay best friend of the housewives totally. is a tone that works great for a reunion. And I think they might all be like, oh, can I really open up to me? I mean, I'd be into maybe a woman hosting it as well. But, but that'd be I think different, wouldn't it, to have all w- Women are gays. I'm like, that's where I will be locating my reunion yeah. host, I think. Women are gays, thank you. And then <laughs> I remember we went to shoot the first reunion yes. and it was in a castle. And I wasn't yes. allowed to speak to the ladies before the reunion. I was only supposed to say my hellos. So I was brought out first. They were all brought out. I was wearing this gorgeous Tom Ford suit. And I remember I went on a diet and I was like, and then they went, you know, because we tape for oh, four to six hours sometimes. And that's just for one show because there's so wow. much. You could have 10, 12 weeks of content to get through. Yeah. And then we would also shoot four weeks before the finale. So I would always have to make sure I've watched all the shows 
in advance yeah. and then they may have come off just watching the last episode that day so people are really riled up and i remember i, gonna, I yeah. sat down and we started to record and the two girls i think it was dawn and ampika went at it and i was so engrossed I thought I was watching it as a viewer. My mouth was open and it was like I was watching tennis. I just kept turning from left to right. And the director in my ear said, you have to close your mouth because we can't get any cutaways. That will tell you. It's just funny because I was doing my homework for this interview and I watched that actual, that particular first reading because I wanted to see how it was introduced to the UK audience. Yeah. And I remember noticing that, that at one point I could tell you were just like, this is really happening in front I, of me. I honestly, <laughs> and people say to me, how real are the reunions? Let me tell you, on some seasons we've had bottles thrown, glasses thrown, <gasps> you know, there's no glass allowed on set. We have security there. It's full on because these ladies take it seriously. And I just, I mean, I've gotten braver as the seasons have gone on. But when I yeah. first started doing the job, Connor, I was absolutely, I mean, I wanted to do, but I was, I was, I was very nervous because it was the first time it had been done. And I kind of knew it would get compared to the American version. But of course, of it's course. very, very different. And I just, well, I also do Jersey, which we've just done last year. So we've got the Real Housewives of Jersey oh, yes. and Cheshire. And so there's two of them now. It's, I mean, it's the best job, but they literally go at it and they are so quick and the stuff they say I do sit there going did she actually just say that they but what you said what they're very good at they will fight for four or five hours with me the director will then say cut and then they'll go look I probably shouldn't have said that look do you want to go for a drink or blah 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 and they do work through it and I think that's really good because it means you can come back for the next season and you still have a job and it still works yeah, and it's interesting because it's a slightly different production thing, but like the seasons are a bit shorter for Cheshire yes, and Jersey. Yes. But they they kind of know they're coming back for another, like they know the show is coming back for another. Like in the first Cheshire reunion, you literally say on camera, they'll be back yes. in a new season soon. Yeah. Ladies, would you all would you all come back? And they all go, yeah, yeah sure. Course. Like it's a slightly different vibe. It's like actually. Christmas, that one we shot for the 150th, I announced in my ear, they go, okay, well, you know, we're back. And I think they, I mean, I normally do it around May is my next one. And I think mm -hmm. they start shooting at January, February. I think they're all back at work already. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And it's funny because I've heard that before, even with the American ones, that because of the scheduling, the cast will frequently see that maybe the finale and go in really hot having oh, seen yes. that. I mean, what's like, is it? I'm just so curious what the atmosphere must be like, because obviously, you know, the women a lot better now. Like that first one, you were meeting all the women the first yeah. time. Now you've done reunions with some of them multiple times. Yeah. Like, what is the vibe like on set? Is it fun or is it actually kind of tense until it's you get It's fun going? for me. And what I can do now is I can kind of tease them a bit more. And what I always yeah. say at the start is what we're not going to do is. And, that, and I always say is that. If we're all screaming and shouting, we have to take a breath. And I can't continuously keep going around the same thing. As a host, you want there to be a resolve. And I like the show, but sometimes you cannot get a resolve because they're just not willing to get over it. And that's tough, you know? Mm. And sometimes you have to push on because all they want to do is argue. And if you have the same two, three people going at it, it can also be a bit boring, but I, I've gotten braver and now I, I don't take it as, I don't want to say the word seriously, but I kind of go, oh, you know, it is what it is. Let's just push past it. And yeah. it's so much so now that actually over the years, they've given me horns. They've given me bells. They've given me stuff to bang and press <laughs> because it just, they, yeah. they, I've, I've actually walked off set before. Just, I've, I can't wow. just left. 
and they'd still fight for 10 minutes without <laughs> even knowing I'm gone. That thing, like, I'm there basically as a referee. The show is not about me, you know? I'm there as yeah. a referee to go, we have to push on. Why did you say this? Why did you behave in this way? Do you regret it? But listen, I can ask those fucking questions till I'm blue in the face. Either they want to answer or they don't. I love I'm a referee is a great way of putting because actually that is that's the job at its core. I loved the I watched the virtual reunion you did a couple of seasons ago with Cheshire. Oh, that was that was just dreadful to organize because I lost talk back. I just shooted the rest. There's a green screen involved there. That was I mean, that was was during COVID. That was full on, full on production. Because I remember even just when you were filming that, you were posting all your Instagram stories. And like, I remember thinking, I because at that point, we'd had a few virtual housewives reunions in the US. But like, seeing it through your eyes, I was like, this is such a level of work. And then I watched the episode, getting ready for this interview, and it flowed really well. Like, I mean, I know you're saying it was hard to Uh, do, but from a viewership point of view, it worked really well. I shot that in, I think, my sister's house that was empty. They, and because we were on American contracts, they couldn't, no one was allowed into the house to set up the three cameras, the autocue, the lights. So my husband, Arthur, because with COVID and the contracts, they literally dropped everything at the door. So Arthur built the autocue, built all of it. Each girl was at their house in Manchester. Production, somewhere in London, somewhere in Manchester. And I was in, you know, Kildare, an hour from Dublin. So we lost talk back. There was a delay on some of it. You know, at some points I couldn't hear what they were saying. So I was just nodding, going, this is great. Oh, fabulous. I hadn't <laughs> a fucking clue. So I, I, but the good thing was I, t- I could wear shorts because I was only shot from like the waist up. So I had shorts oh, and sliders, oh. full suit. But I mean, that was a real, I mean, I think we shot for like 10 hours that day. And then wow. we realized after we shot it, when they went into edit, that my battery on my mic died. And no one knew. So I had to reshoot some of my questions on a green screen to match, <gasps> to match. Yeah, I had to reshoot some questions. Oh my God. Because my mic, my mic was dead. So I, about two, about a week later, I had to reshoot just some questions and a link on a green screen. But then everything had to be the exact same. The exact same hair, the exact same this and that. It was, yeah. it was I mean, listen, I just sat there reading a monitor production. The guys that make the show, they're the ones that work the hardest because it really is. I mean, that was full on. I seen, and then I seen Andy's doing his and I went, his looks a little bit better than mine. Mm." (laughs) You know? But it's funny because I thought the one you did for Cheshire looked really strong. And you have to remember as well, the American ones, particularly across all the Bravo shows, not just Housewives, they did some of the early virtual reunions looked really rough. And as they got a bit more attuned to how it works, the production value went up. So actually, some of the early American ones did not look as polished as the Cheshire one. So it's I think you just did a good job. And I'm going to take that from someone like you as a huge compliment. <laughs> and I will take that thank you on behalf of production. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. I'm so curious. I mean, like I doubt you've probably ever met Andy Cohn because he's in a different sphere but like you're part of a very small group of presenters who've done the reunion yes. thing like if you could talk to Andy would you want like tips on things to do would you just want to swap horror stories about reunions because he's obviously done so many I mean he's also as we said that he's involved in the casting yes the producing like he's an executive producer on the show and he is the re- reunion and he kind of owns Bravo like we've, we we get see think about doing this show next to when I hosted Big Brother 
the, the, the critical eye over these reunions for any host is immense because if you don't ask one particular question, a fan of someone else wants you to ask, you yeah. failed. Like I, I'm fearful of going on Twitter two or three days after the reunion because I'll just get yeah. so many ads. I mean, me and Andy, people say, fire Brian, get Andy. And I hate to burst their bubble. Andy Cohen is not going to be saying yes to host the Real Housewives of Cheshire. He lives in America. <laughs> he lives in New York. He's a busy man. We've messaged, we've DM'd, you know, over oh. the years. He's reposted some stuff that I've done, you know, wow. and he's always been lovely. I was supposed to interview him for something in London and but he, it was the year he was hosting the Attitude Awards, and I think it was a COVID situation where the interview was pulled. I've never met him, but listen, I just he does a really good job of not being afraid to kind of hold them accountable or to be a, mm. kind of shady. But that's because they know he's their boss. I think he kind of yeah. gets away with it more. But listen, I think Andy is so good. I love uh, the show um, Watch What Happens Live. I think that's just great. I think he's great on Housewives. And yeah, and he has a baby and he's doing it all. I mean, yes, he's iconic for doing it. But I'd want to know the full goss, like contract negotiations, who's really difficult. And how do you yeah. decide we're going to rest Dorinda or we're going to rest her for a season? We're going to bring this person back. We're going to bring back Sheree. You know, we're, we're going to rest Bethany. I'd love to know that process of how that works. Yeah, because from other people I've spoken to in this show, like there's apparently a lot of like, market research and audience research and like they go they spend a lot of time crunching the numbers around each cast member to see who's connected like it's insane the level of like thought that goes into it so i would be the same i'd be like tell me everything and how but much do they I'd... get paid who do you think is the highest paid housewife had to be bethany surely i mean I've, obviously bethany maybe when she was on from what i've heard i think candy is very highly paid and also has what they call a contract called a most favored nations clause oh. or something where if she has any ideas or pitches or st shows that she would like to make, she brings it to NBC universal slash Bravo first and they can go, yeah, we'll take that. Let's develop it. Like there was a show she developed for another network a few years ago with Marlo in quite a prominent position on that show. Cause Marlo wasn't full time on housewives. And apparently the show got pulled because NBC were like, what if we gave you this show here, Candy? And, did, and she's like, okay, cool. I'll do that instead. So I think she is, Got a very good. That's a good contract. Rate, but she's such a good but she's business got a good woman. Contract. Such a good businesswoman. Yeah. Of course, she's going to avail of those opportunities. I, yeah. I think if she left Atlanta, she'd be really missed. Yeah. Oh, same. She's one of my favorites, and I love. I had no idea, by the way, that Andy like DM'd you and reached out. That's like, that's great. He reposted some stuff I'd put up. I was in New yeah. York, and I put up uh, something about. He was hosting New Year's Eve with just before COVID with Anderson. Yeah, Anderson. Yeah, yes. and he reposted it and was like a little chat. I mean, I, I mean, when I was in New York, I said to my friend Simon Jones, who you know runs his own uh, PR company. Simon was like, "Send him a DM because he would one hundred percent meet you for a drink or a bite because you do housewives." But I was like, "No," because then I thought, "What if you did say yes?" I'd be like, shit, I'm meeting Andy Cohn for a catch-up. <laughs> I just don't know if I'd be able to. I think I'd just be too much like, ah, you know, because he's so amazing. I, I think you'd be well able. Somehow I think you happen to have a conversation with Andy. I think that would go just fine. Um, you've mentioned you saw Neil in person. Obviously, you've you've worked very closely with the Cheshire and Jersey cast yes. the last few years. But in terms of like run-ins or sightings, have you had any other Real Housewives run-ins over the years? No, only through the connection with Andy and then seeing Nini from a distance in Tao when I was afraid to approach her. And then just the ladies <laughs> I work. I mean, I think I would like to go for a drink with 
I think I'd like to go for a drink of Bethany. I think I'd like mm-hmm. to go for a drink with Candy. Definitely Kim. Denise Richards, I've got a bit of a crush on. And maybe mm-hmm. from Potomac, maybe mm, not Robin. Karen. I like Karen Potomac. I like okay. Karen. Yes. And I like Mia. I like Mia, the new girl from Potomac. Do we like Mia? Do we not? I did. I don't know. If she, I can't figure out if she's coming back for another season. But with Potomac, how have you? I didn't. I, are you watching Potomac as well? What are your thoughts? I on watch that? Potomac. I, Monique, all of that drama. Uh, Giselle, I do like Candice, Karen, Robin, I'm not so sure about. Wendy, mm-hmm. I don't know who is this Wendy. I know she's got the new boobs, the new. Did she con- <laughs> yes. has she confirmed she got the bum done, or is this still a leg? Yeah, she got it all. She got done, it all done. But yeah. I'm sorry if you have Nicki Minaj coming out to surprise you. You know you've made it, and you know you were on a hot season of a show. Like, aren't you? Yeah. Nicki Minaj yeah. is coming out, and I just think Nicki was holding those girls accountable, especially when yeah. with the husband. Who was he following on Instagram? And that's the gravitas I think of this show. For Potomac is definitely up there. I mean, did Monique leave herself, or was she rested for a season? I was Monique. No, I'm out of here because of what happened. So apparently, they really wanted her to come back, and you know, sometimes on Housewives they say, "Oh, I decided not to," and they're kind of bullshitting. 100%. Apparently, Monique truly, Monique truly, they were like, "We want you back," and she said, "Nah, I'm good," because she's popped up in some other reality shows since I think, but not Housewives, which is a shame because I kind of would have liked to see. You mentioned resolve and stories yeah. earlier. Like, I would have liked to see. The next chapter but obviously as you say sometimes if they don't want to move on they don't want to move on um i'm think ashley do you like ashley i i do actually she's such an interesting character because you know talk about putting it all out there she absolutely does and then sometimes she can be a little bit harsh but i appreciate the honesty because she just has such a wild life story i mean i again i've gone on reality shows but these ladies put their their partners up for scrutiny, their families. Like yeah. they're literally opening the door to their bedroom. It's it's everything. And it's no wonder they get paid so well because they're showing every aspect of they have babies on camera. It's it's full on. But I mean, I love the drama. And you almost think every good season of a show needs the fun person. They all, you also need the villain. Yeah. You also need someone who's going to cause conflict. Because if everyone was lovely. It just wouldn't work as well. Yeah, it's it's absolutely like, it's like a recipe. There has to be different elements because if they're all one way, it starts to get really dull. You need people different. And I'm sure even when you're into doing the Cheshire reunions and Jersey reunions, you see the dynamics have to be different with all the women. You've done reunions. You've watched the American shows. We had an Irish Housewives adjacent show a good yes. 10 years ago. But <laughs> I don't know why know I'm everybody. laughing when you say this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't an NBC Universal Well, it so wasn't. No. <laughs> So we're allowed to chuckle slightly at that. Um, but if you were like, if you got a call from a production and said, we would love you to suggest some like well, Irish I may women. Have a revel- could be... I may have a revelation for you. <gasps> I have been involved in some <gasps> conversations through the kind of mid of last year, the middle of last year, that I do know people are very interested in discovering Ireland. Because there are so many, you know, franchises and reality shows out there that you see certain parts of the UK. And I do think that people are very interested in Ireland. And I have been asked if I was to cast a Real Housewives show, 
you know, <gasps> who would I and what would I think? Because I do think that people do have a fascination with Ireland. And A, we've accents as well, remember, with the Irish yeah. accent. And I think there are so many successful boss bitches here in Ireland that have yeah. those lifestyles, those big, beautiful homes. But they're also, you know, not afraid to kick back, have a few cocktails and have a laugh and do all of that as well. So like, I I mean, I, I think the Real Housewives of Ireland would be, whether it would be Ireland or the Real Housewives of, for example, Kildare or the Real Housewives of, you know, I, I think yeah. it would have to be probably a city that someone knows, you know, yeah. especially if you're going to, you know, because our, our version of, I think Cheshire, we're on in Australia. I think we're quite big in Abu Dhabi. So th the franchises do kind of go all over the yeah. world. But I mean... Who do you think, if I was to say three people that you would cast, the Real Housewives of Ireland, is there three people that you think oh, they'd be good? Okay, so I would suggest, and I think, actually, you you worked, yes, we worked on the same show together with her, Celia Holman Lee. Yes, yes, her. yes, we're on the same yeah. page, Connor. Yeah, Celebrity Salon Days, because that's how we would have met She's as well. iconic, uh, she's iconic, I love Celia, and so glamorous, so glamorous. I mean, I feel like in a way she's doing so much her business as she may not do. But to me, she has Bethany vibes. I would say someone like Suzanne Jackson would be She'd be fabulous, absolutely. And, she, and she's doing a lot of telly stuff at the moment. I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel weird saying this because you're so close to her. But I do think Pip O'Connor would be brilliant because she is that kind of grounded you know, point of view character that you'd want on a show that and she does have a great family life and a gorgeous home. So like who wouldn't want to see it? But I don't know how Pippa feels about doing reality shows. But like those are three that come to mind almost But when you said me. Celia Home and Lee, I was thinking Celia Home and Lee. And it's so funny you said that because we're totally on the same page. Celia is iconic. But you know what's also about Celia? She can give you a look at the eye. There's a little bit of shade yeah. in there. And yes, we all yes. live for that shade. You know, especially if it, when it comes across as in, oh, the shade is to help you. And you go, oh, you yeah. shady bitch. That's classic shade. I think Celia yeah. is iconic. I got to live with her, as we said, for a celebrity salon with Pippa. We were yes. cast in the same season. And she'd be, have the rollers in the hair. And, you know, she'd be, oh, she's just, she gives me Joan Collins vibes of that old school glamour of how television and how this industry worked back in the day and I see her now and she's so successful and I see Celia yeah. on Instagram and I'm just like you are a housewife you are just and I like the idea of mixing it when it comes to age demographics with different housewives I think you need you need different ages don't you for it to work 100% you do. It can't all just be young people. It just doesn't. Um, yeah. What is young anyway? But it just I like when there's a, a difference in age as well. Can I ask then? So I'm guessing because you've had these conversations, like, can you tell me any of the names you suggested or names you've thought of since? Because I don't want you to give away your production company secrets. <laughs> any name that you've mentioned there, I've said. I've said it to Pip. I was like, you would have to do yeah. The Real Housewives of Ireland. And she was just kind of, yeah. you know, laughing and smiling. Suzanne Jackson would be phenomenal. I think Celia Holman Lee. I think there alone, you'd have three strong yeah. people already. But I mean, can you imagine The Real Housewives? of Ireland or a franchise like that because I think Ireland is just so fabulous look at our bars and our nightclubs and all the different cities that we have here Ireland is beautiful and we've seen with the Real Housewives of Orange County they came to shoot here at Powers Court Hotel yeah. a few years ago so we have all of these but for me I think you would have to have the right cast wouldn't you it would have to be cast beautifully I think you'd need what six to eight people maybe six to start yeah it's funny the only thing is 
Irish people are very weird about watching other Irish people on camera and I would wonder if like would there be that because that happened with Dublin Wives and Faithry back in the day Irish people maybe it's shifted now in the last decade but like people are a little bit judgmental of Irish people sometimes doing well. So I wonder, would it have to be like Ladies of London where it's made by an American production company for an American audience or something? Because if it was to be made here, would the audience be like, I don't want to see her. Who does she think she is? Whereas when it's someone in Beverly Hills, we don't care because they, they don't feel close to us at all. Yes, I know what you mean. It's kind of that kind of begrudgery and that kind of judgy stuff. Yeah. I know what you mean. But I think on a show like that, I think you have to leave that at the door because you know exactly what this show is. There's so many yeah. franchises all over the world. So I'm thinking if you sign up for this, you're, you can't really give a shit. I always think expect the scrutiny expect all the negativity just expect it anyway and then if it doesn't yeah. happen it's a win-win i always do that when i do anything i always expect the trolling anyway and then if i don't get it wow. i go oh okay but that's actually better but i think on these franchises the, the shows you know if, and oh the dubai one that's coming the real housewives of dubai right that's happening soon yeah and that's i think they just i think they just wrap filming so that's going so they're going to be fil- that's going to be on Bravo. So it's been made by for an American network, but it's the first time that Bravo has commissioned their own international franchise, which is also interesting because Bar Ladies of London, they, which wasn't technically a housewife show, they haven't really done that for the franchise. And Bravo has been a bit weird about airing the non-American shows as well. It's just never been that consistent. So I'm curious how that will go. I think down it'll go. I think, I think yeah. there's so much money in Dubai. It's so glamorous. And isn't Caroline on that from Ladies of London? She is, which that is the draw for me yeah. because I think Caroline Stanbury is someone that I've wanted on Housewives for years. Like I was praying they'd drop her into Beverly Hills because she is friends at Rinna and a lot of the Beverly Hills ladies. She'd be great. In a sense now, she kind of has her own franchise though, right? Because she'll obviously be, we say the alpha, <laughs> you know, she'll be the, she'll yeah. be the alpha oh, yeah. housewife of that. And I think that's when you, someone who is the alpha housewife, I think a lot of the drama has to happen around them and I think Dubai is just so beautiful to look at and I always think when it comes to housewives it's almost like I like the show to be like Instagram you almost feel like there's a filter over it and I think housewives has to be camp has to have the drama yeah Dubai will be brilliant Caroline's a, a, a great housewife and just got married recently I think yeah which I think is like the start of of the Dubai season is the wedding wow. so I'm like okay they're seeing that on and there was I think like a mini Ladies of London reunion with some of our mates who were on that show so I, I'm i here for that for sure um, let's talk taglines I feel like we mentioned recommending some of your friends maybe to be on Housewives yes. but if you were going to be on Housewives what would your tagline be and why? Oh I should have prepared something oh shit Brian uh, what might tagline be okay give me an example of what your tagline would be if you have one to inspire I'm me trying to, trying to think or I'm trying to think of like let's brainstorm yeah, like ones it would have for to be you something almost like nice but then a little shady or like, I don't know maybe something that involves the word bitch <laughs> okay. that's one of my favorite words I love saying you little bitch oh you're so bitchy so something that <laughs> says the word bitch if we could get that by compliance if we'd be allowed <laughs> say that I mean it's so funny when you see what goes into the making of the show it's it's just green screen it, when you see them put together it looks great and I love the taglines because the taglines kind of represent that season of what's going to happen. It's almost yeah, like that person's storyline. So the tagline is for me, is that person's synopsis of their season. So I think they have they have to work. Mine would be like something with the word bitch, Connor, in it. It have to have the word bitch in it. I feel like something like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think like something to do with like, 
I'll be a bitch to your face and on my podcast, like mentioned in the media empire. I'll be a bitch to your face and on my podcast. (laughs) Got it. That's it. Done. (laughs) Do you know what I just remembered? Do you remember the housewife from Beverly Hills, Carlton, the English girl? Yes. What happened to Carlton? And Horry Child. They were they they hated each other during that season, but I kind of thought Oh, there it is, there it is, there you go. I kind of would love a little Carlton cameo because I find her so fascinating. So she I just thought Carlton there, how funny, yes. Yeah, she I think she was on like million dollar listing a couple of seasons ago where they she sold that crazy house she used to have with the husband that had like the sex dungeon. So I think she's still knocking around. Like I remember someone Someone shared something from her Instagram recently and I went in a deep dive of her Instagram. So she's still kind of knocking around, living her kind of stunning witchy poo LA lifestyle. Oh, nice. Like I I thought she was, I know she didn't have a great season when she was on, no. but I also thought she was such an interesting character. Sometimes I feel like they get these mad people and they're interesting. They just don't gel with the show, which is a whole other Yeah, but piece. I could have seen her having her own little spin-off because yeah. she has such an interesting life. Yeah, for sure. Bring, bring, bring back Carlton. I just you just got there before me. <laughs> Hashtag bring back Carlton. And <laughs> um, this is a question I love asking guests, and I think you're gonna have a lot of fun with this one. You're throwing a dinner party tomorrow. You can have five people from Housewives World, can be housewives, friends of, husbands, whoever. What five people are coming over and why? Okay, well I'm not going to put down any of the girls I work with from Cheshire or Jersey, because I'm sick of seeing them and all they ever <laughs> all they ever do is fight when I'm around them. So no. Okay, five okay. people. <laughs> I'm going to have first on my list has to be Nene Leakes because okay. I think she'd bring the hair obviously you wouldn't know what you're going to get and she's fabulous she'd bring True. expensive champagne she'd also bring a bit of the drama so I think mm-hmm. you know I'm also going to say from Atlanta Sheree I have a bit of a crush on Sheree She's one of the OGs. Yeah. And when she pulled that wig, gave it a tug with Kim Zosiak, that just deserves a place at the table for that. <laughs> um, I think we're now going to go to New York. Okay. It has to be Bethany. Okay. Is this, a, is this strong so far? We've Nini, Sheree, we've Bethany. Very strong. We need two yeah. more. I mean, do we go to Beverly Hills? Or do we... I think so. Okay, let's go to Beverly Hills. I think we'd have to pick Kyle, wouldn't we? Yeah, and she'd be good fun at a dinner party. And she's so connected. She knows everyone. Okay, we need one more. Would you go back to NYC or would you go rogue and go to Potomac? I think go rogue, go big or go home. Okay, what about, I'm caught between Mia, just because I know she talk about surgery on her vagina, and (laughs) maybe she'd show me a pic. I've not seen one in a while. So maybe... (laughs) Or would I get, you know, uh, Wendy? Which Wendy would I get? Or do I go Karen? Do I, you know what? Oh, I'm going to go Karen. Done it. Yeah, so we've yeah. got Kyle. We've got Karen. Nini. Sheree. We have Bethany. Yeah, wow. I, I won't be seeing Mia's vagina. That's unfortunate. <laughs> maybe maybe that can be the and next I mean, Do you remember intro? the stuff they were saying about because her vagina was getting so much attention and she stretched it out and this and that. Like, that is so shady. And they were saying all I this know. on camera. I'm like, this is a married woman. She has children. And then if she was a stripper and she wore long ball gowns and they're like, what is she all about? That was hilarious. I know. Potomac. That was a good season. I thought it was funny too with the Mia stuff because in a way I was like, I t- personally don't care whether whether or not she was a stripper but then the storytelling she was doing of well 
it was a gentleman's club where we wore gowns but we also got on the pole I was like I know there are very strict laws in the US and certain states about what can go down in a strip club but I don't know what world are you wearing an Oscars dress and then swinging on the pole I was like this is not adding up but for listen, me <laughs> I believe her because then some of them were kind of nodding going oh yeah like I, I know that one or I've heard of that one and I thought <laughs> yeah, but just the whole surgery true. on her and when she said I, what I liked when we introduced her and she goes to Wendy's house and she's like what have you had done I've had my lips I've had my teeth I've had my vagina I've had my butt I quite I like the honesty of them owning it straight away. And I think Mia had a very yeah. strong start. But does she have enough in her? She probably shouldn't have said that to come, to come back for another season. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure that's the kind of questions that they ask behind the scenes as well. I mean, you've watched a lot of Housewives and you know your stuff, but there's obviously other cities and franchises. Is there anywhere else like on your Housewives journey that you'd like to go or you're interested in trying out? Do you know what I wish I need to get more into? I need to get more into the OC. Mm-hmm. I need to get more into the OC. And I don't know why. I think it was just my kind of, I like you, Vicky. I don't like you, Vicky. I do like Vicky. And then Brooks and the whole cancer lies. And that was like, wow. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. that was, yeah. So I think I need to get more. Is there one franchise you think I should watch that I'm not watching? I think because it's newer and easier to get your head around Salt Lake City will be worth a go. I think you would adore Melbourne. Melbourne is mental. I think you would love it. Yeah, I've seen clips of Salt Lake City and isn't there a lady who's allegedly going to prison for fraud or something? Yes, yes I've there seen is. clips of only... that. Yeah, and she's not even the craziest person on the cast. That'll give you is the there idea one lady called Mary? Like. Is there a Mary on there that? There is. Right. There's a Mary, all right. Yeah. Yes, there is. Is she Irish? <laughs> no, but I just love how you were like, is there a Mary is here? Is there a Mary in the room? <laughs> so the, she's uh, got Irish connections. Did I you? I, she does, oh, but I think, you know what yeah. I did watch uh, clips of? Mm-hmm. Miami, that's back now. And isn't Kim Kardashian's friendly foe lady on this now? Yeah, Larsa Pippen's that's on it now. Actually, that's a good shout too. I think this new... Like I just started watching Miami with this new season four and I'm loving it. It's you were talking about earlier about like the glamour and the glitz, like they are living large in Miami. Big houses, lots of fashion. Some of them have had a lot of work done, some of them have I've seen a fun mix of I've like, looked and gone, wow. Yeah, some of them look crazy, some of them look very natural, but I like that mix because I like the idea that you can kind of do whatever you want. So it's like it is that's one I think you would enjoy as well. Yeah, because I like it to be camp, glamorous. You know, as I mean I yeah. mean also this is, you know, a show that objectifies women of course and we're obviously two men but i yeah. i watch it and i go go you like go you yes. i go you you do that and you own it and these women are so successful and it's so amazing to see the dynamics of them being together do you think it would work with a man in the cast if a guy was introduced yeah i haven't seen the early scenes of miami but they were apparently at one point kind of circling this miami drag queen who's i think featured briefly in it to be actual cast member and there's been rumors of a gay man joining with like you know maybe who has a husband yes. or doesn't like i think it could i mean i think you would be amazing on housewives if i'm being honest i think you'd be brilliant. darling i'm not rich enough are you mad <laughs> i don't have cheshire money <laughs> listen i think you've got you've got plenty to show off i think you'd be willing to you've done reality tv so you know how it works you'd be willing to go there i don't know i think i do think it could work it just depends on the person and because the thing is like you know on housewives now we've seen a lot of first like the first person from this group to be on this yeah. cast whatever which is great but and i personally am really here for that but also they still have to feel 
organic to the show because I actually think it's not fair on the person in question if they're just dropped in because then they get so much shit from the oh, viewers so and much it's not their fault. So much scrutiny and judgment. Yeah. And, yeah. So if it was organic, I feel like, fuck yeah. I mean, I could say, I think there are plenty of like... <laughs> well-to-do gay boys in Beverly Hills living a very Kyle Richards life yes, at home I mean, doing I the dishes spending the money and so Atlanta, I'm like I think it, I think if yeah. anyone's going to do it first because remember the early days of Atlanta all yeah. the girls had a GBF do you remember that yeah, they're all like yeah, hairstylists yeah. in heels with their designer clutches you know so I think if anyone yeah. was going to do it you could see Atlanta you could see Beverly Hills doing it maybe even yeah. there was a reality show about gay men was it something beyond the rope or Got- there was the A-list yes. that did, and there was a New York and Dallas and that show was wild. So like, it's, I, I definitely could see it happening and I don't know why, I think maybe you could break new ground. I'm just saying. Listen, can you imagine? No, no, I think, I think <laughs> I've done, no, I think maybe it's time for me to rest it. Now host the reunion. Now here we are. Okay. That's a job I can do. But throwing okay. wine at people and calling them a bitch. I could also do that. Actually, you're right. That'd, that'd be more fun. I could just turn up and get drunk. I do it on Instagram. Why not on telly? You were like, and throwing wine at people and, and being rude to them. I would actually do that. I, I would love to, to throw a drink at someone. I've never done it in my life. I've never done it. And I would just love to go, you bitch. <laughs> go. I, I, this is why I'm, I'm going to, if they ask me who I think should be on, I'm going to have to put your name yeah. forward. Not hashtag bring back Brian. Hashtag give him the job. <laughs> um, before we go you have a lot on your play at the moment can you tell me if people want to find more like a podcast yes. or your new business venture tell me about that and, and all that good well, stuff well obviously you do a podcast and I do a podcast two podcasts one that I'm really passionate about is Jack Becomes Him and I know the amount mm-hmm. of work that goes in to making a podcast because a bit like you there's just you know me and you do this yourself Arthur and I do Jack Becomes Him and the thing about Jack Becomes Him it, it kind of became something I didn't think it would. And I didn't think it would become as big, as powerful and strong as it has. You know, we tragically yeah. lost my mom in 2018. Mom passed of sudden wow. adult death syndrome. Actually, four years ago this month. It's gone by so quickly. Wow. And yeah. I remember I was in LA the year mom passed and my friend Donald and Arthur said, when you talk about your mother, there's a, there's a, there's a great vulnerability. And I was thinking, oh, I don't want people, you know, to see me crying or to be worrying about me. And then we came up with Death Becomes Him. It's obviously quite camp. I wanted something that was, people would go, Death Becomes Him, what's that? And it took me about 18 months to record the first episode. And I recorded it with my husband, Arthur. I was on Dancing with the Stars here. So it was Christmas 2019 and the show went live in January 2020. And I recorded seven episodes with people that were my friends. You know, we released one episode a week. It was always going to be released in March of 2020. And then of course, COVID happened and it just became this, big thing and I remember seeing it going to number one and thinking how is this like how is this happening and other podcasts yeah. behind it that are about partying and fun and to see one yeah. that is about death grief and loss go to the top of the charts kind of meant to me that people want to have the conversation it, listen I've done four seasons it's not an easy listen if yeah. people are coming on to talk about the passing of their child their partner their, you know their parent it's it is but it's it's I as like we've said at the start I worked on a lot of shit over the years I am so proud of this podcast and before we turned one we turned one last year and we hit 1 million downloads before we turned wow. one and that that's amazing. that was you know and again a bit like with Connor with you any 
you know, PR I do for Death Becomes Him is from my Instagram. It's from Arthur's Instagram. It's from people tagging us, reposting and yeah. people talking about it. So that's how this podcast has become so successful because people are kind of drawn to different episodes and I get stopped. I will get a message every day, either on my personal Instagram or the Death Becomes Him Instagram page regarding the podcast. And what I like about the podcast is television shows age. And we've said this about housewives and fashion and you can almost think yeah. the year. A conversation will never, never age because it's just two That's people so talking about something. And I quite like that. I was always resistant to doing podcasts. I was like, no, no, I'm on telly. <laughs> I'm a TV host, you know. I'm on the I'm television. I'm on the television, darling. darling. And then to do the podcast and for it to be received so, so well. I sh yeah. We were supposed to tour with the podcast this year, The Death Becomes Him Talking Therapy Tour. We pulled that because we were told to, and then all the restrictions lifted. And we were like, yeah, but yeah. it's so hard oh, to plan. So hard. And people are still wary and people are still afraid. So I, we would like to tour at some point again this year. I am, you know, when I'm in, you know, kind of thinking of people to sit down and have a conversation with, you do find you're constantly looking for people who are grieving. I'm constantly looking for people who are sad yeah. and it's not, a, it's not a good frame of mind to be in. And, you know, yeah. that's why I only do seven episodes in a season. Cause when I was doing 10 episodes, it really was taking its toll on me because I'm also grieving the loss of my mother still. And I'm also coming to terms with this new life. And I am going to start working back now. And you know what it's like when you're doing it. You're, you're trying to find people and make each episode different and you want to engage and yeah. you want to get the most out of everyone. It really is. And, you know, I do the research beforehand and on the way in, I listen to piano ballads just to kind of zen me. I don't talk to Arthur. And then, oh, wow. you know, we record the episode. And then for like when I come back, I'm still, you know, triggering. Then you sit down, you edit it. I re-edit it twice to make sure it's perfect. You then release it and then... Um, so I've, we, I kind of stepped back from it last year just for, to be honest with you, just from, for myself because it, it, it's full on. And, but hopefully season five, before the summer, that's my plan is to record and release season five of the podcast. But listen, I, I just think that when you're going through something like this, you think you're the only person and you think no one is ever going to feel how I feel. And the thing about death is, is that anyone that's gone through it feels exactly how you feel. That's so true. That's a great way of putting it. Well, obviously people can check out the previous seasons anyway if they have missed an episode or they want to catch up. And then I guess in a slightly lighter sense, but still a podcast, you are a part of this year's official Dance with the Stars podcast. I mean, you're on the panel with Lyra and 2FM's Lottie Ryan. I mean, I assume that's been a lot of fun to be kind of having been on that show so recently yes. to get to chat about so it. So much week. fun. And what you've just said there, to be on a podcast that is more upbeat and lighthearted is, yeah. is still, you know, because I'm so used to doing Death Becomes. I mean, this is so much fun. And the fact my husband is a judge on the new season as well. It's just yes, fabulous. Yes, of course. And I've never met Lyra before and she is hilarious. She is fabulous. I didn't realize she was from Cork. And then you hear her talk and you go, she is from Cork. And she's like, yes, girl. And she's fabulous. Obviously, Lottie and I were cast yeah. on the same season of Dancing with the Stars. Lottie guested on season one of the podcast, talking about her yeah. father, Jerry, who passed away. So to be working with her, it's so much fun. And like, I, sometimes I think we are a little shady on it to the contestants, but also Lottie and I have We've been contestants. And I think when you've kind of gone through the process, you then can speak a bit more honestly because you've kind of lived it yourself. But working on this is so much fun. It's every Monday. And I can't believe we are halfway through the seasons. 
Yes, but I mean, doing the podcast is so much fun because we can kind of take the piss, but also embrace them and say, well done. And it's just three of us sitting down having a good old gossip. And we have to ask, I have to ask you about the AG BDG suck moment. Talk to me about your new business. Yes, so this has taken two years with COVID, COVID stopping production. And we have released, yeah, a range of socks. Arthur loves fashion. Arthur loves socks. He's been obsessed with socks for years. And we kept saying, we'll bring out our own range. We'll bring out our own range. We've launched four. There's still, you know, more coming. And I've got my BDG is there. We got the Maria. It's so funny. When we came to naming all our designs, I was like, let's name them after New York. Let's call one Mykonos. Let's call one Vegas. And Arthur (laughs) went, no, no, no. That's not what this brand is. Let's name them after members of our extended families. And I just thought, actually, Arthur, this is why you are a better businessman than me. Because I've been naming them the New York, the Mykonos. um, The Cosmopolitan. The Cosmopolitan, the Pornstar Martini, the Brian Tini. And he was like, no, no, no. And honestly, they've done so, so well. And this is just the start of what the AG official will be. And it's taken us, Connor, two years to get to this point to release these four and people think oh it's only four pairs of socks let me tell you no it's not you have (laughs) to get your samples you then have to sign them all off you've got to advertise it's arthur has been actually arthur is a creative director choreographer his whole industry stopped in 2020 because of covid yeah and this allowed him the time to work on this brand and launch, you know, the socks and do the shoot and record everything. And I just love the fact I've got, I had a, a drink called after me, the Brian Tini, and now I have a <laughs> pair of socks called after me, the BDG. And yeah, I mean, people message me saying they're amazing. It's so, when you work on something, I don't know if you get this when you work on your, the podcast and when it does yeah, really well. Sometimes when people message you saying, oh, it's really good, or you kind of go, Wow, I, you that to me, you never lose that of appreciating. You know, I got to host this Scott show recently, and I was just like, okay, this is good. I, I'm I'm still working. I don't think the appreciation. Yeah. I'm sure when you see your podcast do really well on the charts, you go actually. You don't yeah. you don't ever want to lose that feeling of that gratitude. Do you know what I mean? And you're so appreciative of the fact that people have bought the socks or people have downloaded your podcast. And I always think when I get those DMs, you just go, wow, okay, I really appreciate this. And especially in this day and age when people are paying yeah. money to buy something like a cocktail or buy socks, you just go, okay. And where can people check out the socks? Yes, they at the AG them? official, or if you go on Arthur and I, our personal Instagrams, you will see loads of pictures of socks. I'm obsessed. I'm actually wearing the sides today, and they are like oh. an 80s kind of bold, sporty print. We do kind of a classic sock, and we do a sporty sock. And it's a luxurious Fun. socks, Connor. Who would have known? Who would have known it was in there? Who would have known? Yeah. And if people want to find you on Instagram or Twitter, where can they do that? I think I'm at BPR official. Let me just check my phone. <laughs> I should know my Instagram handle, right? I have it here. It's BPR. Oh, there we are. I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was, I, I, I was like, I can put that in the show notes anyway. I love we'll the way the you've done that much research. I need to, you, I need to do training <laughs> with you. I think I think you have more than enough training under your belt. Um, listen, I have wanted to chat to you on this podcast for ages. I know you're super busy, so I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank today, you Brian. so much. Because you. also, you have so many amazing guests on this, and I said to you, I hope I've not disappointed you with my lack of knowledge about anything, because I can imagine you can pick and choose who you want. So I'm so chuffed you you asked me because I'm passionate about the show. I get it. No, you really are, and this was everything I wanted more, Brian. Thank you so much for coming on Housewives and Me. Thank you, Connor. 
There you go. That's Brian here on Housewives and Me. I'll put links in the bio to all of the uh, places you can find Brian on social media. And of course, do check out the AG Official, which is the new company that himself and Arthur have launched, Sock Business. The socks are amazing. And of course, there are two amazing podcasts that you can catch Brian on as well. The official Dance with the Stars podcast, which has two episodes out every week. And of course, his amazing podcast, Death Becomes Him, which has a bunch of episodes that you can check out as well. Links to all that in the show notes as always. If you want to follow this show on social media at Housewives of Me on Twitter and Instagram is where you'll find us. I'm It's Connor Bean on Twitter and Instagram as well. Please leave a rating or a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify you can also write podcasts now so do drop us an L Spotify rating if you're so inclined. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>